Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, Proverbs 10, 12, Martha says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Yet one of the things that we see often in marriage is that people have a hard time forgiving each other. They do. And I really think that comes down to um, selfishness. Because if we think about it, you know, you have to let go of a whole lot of things in order to let love cover all of the things that have been done against you. And and we're very selfish people. And um, that causes it, makes us, it really hard for us to let go of things and remember why we love somebody. But marriage is easy. I don't understand why so many people struggle with it. (laughs) It is? Yeah. Well, being married to you is easy. No, it's you, not. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're perfect. That's it's, because you've, we've had almost 30 years of training each other <laughs> to get to this point. We've known each other now 33 years, more than 33 years. Mm-hmm. We've been dating and together for almost, thir- well, over 31 of those years. In fact, on November 22nd of this year, it'll be 31 years since our first kiss. That's right. Thanksgiving Day. That's right. And it was cold and it was snowing, but we were kissing outside anyway so that nobody else could see. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Today we're going to talk about a topic, just kind of a little bit of a twist on the divorce topic that we talked about last week. You know, we have Laura Petherbridge coming on the cruise to talk about how to avoid divorce by looking at all the things she's learned by dealing with step families, blended families. And she is 
she goes, one of the realities in churches today is that there are a lot of divorced couples who have remarried, creating blended families, or as she calls them, step families. Mm-hmm. And because she says they're not really blended. What, do you remember why she said that? I don't remember. We'll have to get it. We'll have to look back at her quotes and stuff. I believe it was because even though you have two separate families and you're bringing them together, they don't blend well. It's like oil and water. It's tough. And, and it is tough. Now, you can find out more about Laura Petherbridge. She was on our show last week, and she's going to be one of the guest speakers on our marriage cruise, and she specializes in talking to the step families, those blended families. And she's written several books about it, lauraPetherbridge.com. But one of the things we really love about Laura that applies to everyone is that she takes her perspective, she takes all that she's learned, all that she has either herself experienced or she's learned from her research and the people around her is that her desire is to prevent people from ever becoming a step family from ever experiencing divorce by taking what she's learned and saying, here's some things that if you work on them, if you avoid X, Y, and Z, or if you work to be better in this area of your marriage, you're going to avoid going down that path. So a lot of people think that um, she gets the feeling sometimes that people come, think that she comes across very soft on divorce, and that's not right. it at all. Right. But she rather says, here are some things I've learned in how you can try to avoid divorce. But for those that have gone through it and those that are blended, those that are step families, here's ways to live as a step family and honor God in all that you do. And so our focus today is going to be very similar. As we talk about the top 10 reason people get divorced, we're going to talk about the reason they get divorced and then how to prevent that reason for becoming a reason in your marriage. Every day, we need to recognize that there's a battle out there. As um, who was it, the series that said... The, mm-hmm. Your enemy, your marriage as an enemy, your, and the oh, enemy is not your spouse. Love and war. Love and war uh, by Eldridge. F- the Eldridges. Yes. Ron and his wife, uh, Mrs. Uh, is that Stacey. what it was? Stacy Eldridge. Okay, yeah. and that's what he said. The enemy, your your marriage has it. What, what's your the, marriage has an enemy, and that enemy is, is not, not your spouse. spouse. Every the enemy is trying to do everything he can to destroy relationships because if you have relationships. And they're solid. It encourages you in your faith. But if you're getting distracted by tough relationships, then you're, it, it also damages your faith. And, and because marriage is really a depiction of God's love in our world and two, a husband and wife coming together are a depiction of oneness described by God because he created male and female in his image. Coming together as one, you actually start to recognize the fact that a husband and wife coming together are to represent God. So we're going to talk about the top 10 reasons people get divorced, and we're going to tell you how to avoid these things. Because listen, if stuff is a mess at home, Martha, people take that to work with them, don't they? Most definitely. Um, It is maybe everybody's desire to be able to leave that at the door when they go into work and be productive um, and only focus on their work, but it's really not possible. What you are dealing with in your life affects all of who you are. And so being able to deal with those things and work on them so that you can be as healthy and wholesome as possible is, is our desire. Well, and I think it's important for, for those people listening, whether you're an employee, if you're an employee and you're having struggles at home, whether it's with a child or whether it's with your marriage or, or, or some sort of a family occurrence that is screwing with your head I mean, is really tw- twisting you around. It's only fair as an employee that you let your boss know, hey, this is stuff going on. Don't. Don't, first of all, don't assume your boss or a supervisor, whatever you want to call him, understands. 
Certainly if you're a young lady and your boss is a man, don't assume that the man can read your mind because your own husband can't read your mind. (laughs) Don't assume the man you work for knows how to read your mind. Tell your boss, this is what's going on, and this is why I'm telling you because it's affecting me. I'm going to do my very best, but I just need you to know. And if you find me too distracted, you know, we'll have to talk through it because maybe I need some time off or something to deal with this situation. You know, that's really great advice because a lot of times we try to hold it in or keep it to ourselves. And then the boss may be going, I noticed something different. What's the matter? Are they unhappy at work? Are they, am I not giving them the right work to do? Are, you know, they, you're, you're, the imagination is a crazy thing. And so they can start guessing all kinds of things, but that doesn't lead to any kind of uh, help. So being able to just communicate and say, here's what I'm dealing with. I'm going to try and do the best, but I want you to understand where I'm at. And um, I want you to hold me accountable even. Well, it's a great way to get fired. If you don't tell anybody what's going on in your life and all of a sudden your job performance goes down in the toilet, you're going to just get fired when maybe your boss could have some compassion on you and your coworkers could have some compassion on you. But again, people don't read minds. God is the only one that can read your mind, so don't assume they know. Now, if you're the boss and you're having problems in your marriage or with the child or some family issues, you know whether you've got issues with your parents getting older, your children becoming adults, or your marriage is just a little strained, you know you can't tell all your employees, but you should have an accountability person that you can go to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do I do? How do I deal with it? Because You should be surrounded by people that you can hand off responsibilities to so you can take the time to deal with this. What you would expect to give to your employees out of the goodness of your heart because of Christ living in you, you should do for yourself. I mean, don't try to just keep working through it and assume you're going to make it. Yeah, because, the, the like you said, role reversal. The employees could be wondering, am I doing something wrong? Am I, you know, causing a problem? I don't understand why my boss is acting that way. And, again, it, he's he or she can be a great role model, great experience for everyone else to see firsthand how they, you, or your boss are dealing with the issues at hand. Hey, you know, we've got – I know we mentioned Laura Petherbridge a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And why don't we – you know, we talked about her book, 101 Tips for Stepmoms. Sure. Is that what it is? Yes. 101 Tips for Stepmoms. I mean, it's directed towards stepmoms. How do you be a stepmom? And if you happen to be a stepmom, uh, we'd love to get this book in your hand. We've actually got a couple of copies that we can give away. Mm-hmm. So if you want to call into the studio line and talk to our engineer who's sitting by at this time, call into the studio line now at 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. And we'll put a copy of Laura Petherbridge's book, Tips for 101 Tips for Stepmoms. We'll get it sent out to you in the next couple of days. So call in right now, 877-943-9673. All right, so Martha, we promised everybody we go through these top 10 reasons for divorce, but to look at it from a different perspective. Yes, that we're going to try to avoid these items that are supposedly the culprits. Right. So we're going to talk about what the what the culprit is and how you can avoid it. The positive side, we're trying to do the whole glass half full thing. That's right. Cause you know, one of the things that we want everybody to take away is, okay, these are, these are some, some research has been done. This is what people have found are reasons for divorce. So let's see, how can we take this information and apply it in our own lives and in such a way that it strengthens us up and makes us more prepared for the life that we live. So we're going to start with the top two reasons, and they really have been tied for first and second and second and first and first and second as long as we've been doing marriage mentoring, which is not even 20 years yet. But we know that these are the the issues that have caused divorce issues for 
decades, mm-hmm. maybe even longer, but there's not a lot of studies from the 1800s. There's but, not. Well, there I may be. I understand. <laughs> I did find a very unique book about workplace ministry from 1903. So they were talking about that in 1903. But I didn't find anything about the statistics on divorce because people didn't talk about divorce 100 years ago. Right. They didn't talk about divorce 50 years ago. I mean, when you were growing up as a kid, did you have any friends whose parents were divorced? No, I can't remember any until maybe really late in high school. And even then, it was a rarity. And I've I've thought about this many times. I I don't think I had any close friends whose parents got divorced. I think I remember um, having some friends whose parents really didn't like each other, like each other. And it was really pretty clear that they were really in the marriage for the kids. But that was still the mentality at that time was, you know, we're going to make the best of it, whatever that might be. That didn't really mean working on it and making it better. It was just that they would survive for the sake of the kids. But they were still together and in the same home and everything. All right. So the top one and two reasons. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll just go to the top one. In today's world, this is number one right now, and it's cheating and infidelity. Now, cheating and infidelity means a lot of things in today's world because cheating and infidelity would mean, hey, you know, you're starting to establish a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex outside of your marriage. So it's it's with you're you're actually getting deep and intimate mentally with them. That's cheating, as well as of course. Being sexually intimate with somebody outside of your marriage, you know, having a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex is cheating on your marriage. But it's also grown into this addiction to pornography because, no, that doesn't involve a live human being in front of you, but it involves a live human being in front of you. They're just on a screen. Right. Both of those things are infidelity. Yeah. And it, um, what we don't even really understand is how many people that affects and it's very secret. So um, as much as um, people that are in true adultery situations, um, they're trying to hide it. But the, the fact is, is that it just breaks down the marriage relationship incredibly because it's not how it was designed to be. Well, and it, it is what's significant is, you know, today with marriages, you can usually tell if somebody's having an affair because either they drop off of Facebook or all of a sudden, you know, people can catch you in the community with somebody that's not your spouse because they all know what your spouse looks like because you're on Facebook. You know, so affairs are maybe more public today than they have been in the past. Doesn't make them right. The bottom line, let's talk about how to avoid these things, though, Martha, because everybody knows what adultery is. Not everybody knows what fornication means. And and really, in a simple example, that's just having sex with somebody who's not your spouse. So if you're if you're living with somebody before you get married, yeah, that's that's not new fashioned. That's been done for dec for thousands of years. Jesus talked to the woman at the well. She'd been married five times. And was living with the sixth guy. So if you think you got the original, hey, I'm going to test drive this, see if it works. Yeah, that's not a new idea. Been around over 2,000 years, maybe even longer. Stop trying to fool yourself. You made a commitment. Some people say, well, we've heard the argument. People say, well, I never loved him. Really? Really? That's what we call a pile of bunk. (laughs) See, I said that much nicer. I really, I really wanted to say crap, but I didn't. I said bunk instead. <laughs> because here's why. It's a pile of junk. Because at the altar, nobody held a shotgun to your head at the altar and said, say I love you, say I commit to you for life. You went up there voluntarily and made this commitment. You love this person. No stinking way you went up there and did this under compulsion. Not a chance. Unless you maybe lived in the hills of Appalachia. But I don't think that's happened in the last hundred years. 
No, no. So you know that at some point um, there was a real desire to be married to that person. And the thing we need to remember is that um, you can get back to that. You can remember why. I think a lot of times taking a walk down memory lane is really good on a relationship because you think about how things were in the early on in the relationship. But we are going to talk about how we can avoid this and how we can keep from this being one of the um, things that sneaks into a marriage. The number one way to avoid having causing infidelity or cheating to happen in your marriage, start praying with your spouse every day. Mm. Start taking 15 minutes a day to talk when the children are not around and when the TV is off and your phone is somewhere else. Talking and praying is one of the fastest cures to eliminating infidelity because if you're spending time together, you don't have time to have an affair. Well, and if you're enjoying spending time together, then you are not looking for somewhere else. Because I know uh, there's a lot of other reasons in this top 10 and things like boredom. Well, um, don't give them away. Well, but it really all goes, I really think a lot of those point to this this becoming the ultimate thing that happens because you are um, looking for something else to give you some interest. You know, Martha, we're talking today about the top 10 reasons people get divorced and how to avoid them. Mm-hmm. So we came up with the number one reason, which was infidelity or cheating. Right. And so we talked about what that looks like, and we started talking about ways to prevent it. Number one. Praying together. We just, you know, it's the glue. Putting our, our kids, our son and our daughter-in-law at their wedding, they actually literally took three strands of different colors and and braided them together to symbolize the way that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that three strands is the husband, the wife, and our Heavenly Father. And that's just such a powerful um, example, and that's from the Bible, and to explain that our marriage gets the most strength when Christ is interwoven in everything that we do. And praying together is just that. It's bringing ourselves into his midst and committing whatever we're struggling with or whatever we're thankful for um, to him and asking for his guidance. And the number two way to avoid divorce in this category, cheating and infidelity, another two, two way to avoid ended up getting sucked into a relationship is communication. We often find couples just misunderstand each other. They misunderstand the direction of love. They misunderstand what people say. And we've we've talked about it many, many times, but Women speak through pink megaphones and hear through pink hearing aids and hearing instruments for my buddy Robert. And (laughs) men speak through blue megaphones and hear through blue hearing instruments. And we misunderstand each other. We do. And really what that comes down to is actually living life together, spending time together. You were saying right before the break, you know, spending 15 minutes a day, really catching up on life, not hey, I got to take the kids to soccer. Hey, what are we having for dinner? Hey, the laundry needs to get done. But really talking about your lives because if you are investing in each other and you're showing an interest in what each other is dealing with, you don't find that person in the cubicle next to you giving you more interest. And that is what one of the major distractions from a marriage is finding somewhere else to talk about your woes and to talk about what you're struggling with rather than your spouse. If you have a job that takes you on the road all the time and you're neglecting your family, you, you may say, well, but I'm providing for my family because I've got a job and I'm providing for my family. They need you more than they need the money. Sell the big house, sell the big expensive cars, buy a couple of junkers and buy a mobile home if it can save your marriage. You can get through to, to something in the future. But people that work on the road, first of all, you get lots of temptations on the road. 
You could have a relationship with somebody else and nobody will ever know about it. Gosh, we've never heard of that one. Uh, you can uh, watch very inappropriate television in your hotel room. And number three, your spouse feels neglected. We've seen that a million times. And so then spouses, because you're not getting invested in your spouse, then starts to go look for other places. So if you've got an on-the-road job, those are for, really, those aren't for anybody because they're too much of a temptation for single people and they're way too much of a temptation for a married person. You just, th- those are danger. If your marriage is in trouble, quit your day job. Well, and, and that's, again, why we're talking about it, to say you need to look at your marriage and you need to decide how you're going to strengthen up these areas so you don't end up on a road that you did not want to travel. Simple things. Uh, don't, uh, if you're going to the, uh, the health club, whatever you want to call it, the gym, you know, keep your eyes down on the treadmill. Stop looking around. A lot of people get sucked into. Uh, or hang- go together. Yeah, or go husband and wife together. That's a great one. But we find a lot of people that get involved in uh, certain workout competitions and their spouses aren't involved and they start hooking up with people that they're in these workout competitions with. Well, again, it's about living life together. And if you both have so much separate happening, you don't you find things in common with people that are not your spouse and you just don't want to go there. That's that's what breaks down the marriage. One of the greatest things your last job, honey, had was that nobody uh, if a guy, if a woman and a man had to be to the same place. They didn't drive alone together. They had to drive separate together. Right. It just stop hanging out with other people's sense. wives or other people's husbands. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not your job. It's putting in boundaries, really. Boundaries is, what it comes is a good word. To. Boundaries it's for marriage. Boundaries for marriage. You know, there's several, several simple things you can talk about, whether it's um, if you're going to go and you have to meet a client for lunch, letting me know where you're going, just that communication. Because if, I, if you don't say, and then somebody else were to say, oh, I saw a gym today, blah, blah, blah. I already knew that. Yep, you're right. He had to meet this client. I know he was there. Um, he was out in public. No Gee, problem. Where was I meeting him? Um, Panera. <laughs> <laughs> Usually. The best thing about Panera? On the tap, Mountain Dew. Worst yeah. thing about Panera? You smell like Panera the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I, know, it's just, uh, I like smelling like You know what's funny? Bread. I was just looking at the other top 10 reasons for divorce, and, and you know, I think they all run around communication. So I think that's what you were saying before. Yes. Communication really is the number three, but it's really number one because it feeds into every one of the reasons we're going we're gonna to talk about. You need to talk with your spouse. When you were dating your spouse, you talked all the time. You couldn't wait to get home oh, so you could goodness. call him on the phone. You, you couldn't wait. You've been texting him all day long if you're younger. You, you, you constantly want to talk to him. And then when you get married, all of a sudden you stop communicating. You, you, you're watching TV at dinner time instead of sitting and looking at each other's eyes and going, mm-hmm. <sighs> Uh, you're so handsome you're so beautiful (laughs) all right so the number two reason is money and financial issues yeah now we've seen this out now in 1999 we took crown financial ministries now a lot of people today hear a lot more about financial peace university with dave ramsey Mm -hmm. they're both are still out there Dave Ramsey's an extraordinarily good marketer, does a great job getting in churches, and there's a lot of really good stuff there. Dave Ramsey's program is all about getting out of debt and saving money. Crown Financial Ministries is about getting out of debt, saving money, but also incorporating a biblical view of God's ownership of everything and how it should impact every part of your lives, including your work, your retirement, how you save for your families for their inheritance. Yeah, they're... They're both different approaches. One is a Bible study that helps you do those things, and one of one of those reaches out to people that have the goal of getting out of debt and how to, how to do that and using the Bible as a tool. Right. So um, again, both of them are great, but that was the um, a pivotal point in our 
um, not only in our marriage, but in our personal walk. Yeah, and, our marriage and, wasn't in trouble. No, but it really, it, again, put us on the same page in an area that we just really hadn't dealt with. We just were like, oh, everybody must have to get in debt to start a new business. Everybody must have to, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, even when you're running a business. And um, we learned that God has much bigger plans. So, again, communication, because well, you got to talk about it. We weren't living paycheck to paycheck. We were filling it in with credit cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that was one of the things that it caused a lot of stress and it really, it drove Martha crazy because she was managing numbers because she has an accounting minor. So it was natural. Of course, she was going to be doing the checkbook, but that really caused a lot of stress in our marriage. And and it's really that communication about, so when we come back from the break, Martha, I want to really talk about how we put money behind us as a stress issue in our marriage and how we've helped other people do that. And there's a number one reason how people do that, but we don't want to give away that secret right now. They got to listen they got to come back. Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) So we're talking today on I work for him, you know, as we do every Tuesday, we're talking about issues impacting our marriage relationships and the relationships around us. And, And today we're really focusing on the 10 ways to avoid divorce based on the top 10 reasons for divorce. And I don't know if we're going to get through all top 10 reasons. I was just going to say, I don't think Martha's we're going to Martha's moving along pretty slow today on these. Yeah, so I'm a turtle. It's, but we're, what, let's, just make, let's just recap a little bit because I think, hear this. If you're just tuning in right now, of course, you may want to listen to the, the podcast later. Just go, we invite you to go out to iworkforhim.com, click on either the podcast page or the archive. The archive will be out there tonight. And the podcast will be out there tomorrow sometime out up there on iTunes, is that every marriage is savable. What we have found is that if a husband and wife are willing to work on their marriage, every marriage is savable. When one stubborn spouse who is steeped in sin decides they are not willing to forgive or actually uh, repent of their sin, some marriages are not savable if the spouse refuses to work on it and forces a divorce. Right. When we were talking to Laura Petherbridge last week, she was saying that about how people in our church, not everybody and outside of our church, but she was talking specifically at the moment about people in our church, but not every person that's divorced wanted to be divorced, but they didn't get a choice because the spouse um, pushed it and made it happen. And we need to understand that and learn from it and say, okay, if we could go back and and learn from their situation so that we can avoid those same pitfalls in our own lives. And I thought that was really powerful because you think, because yes, um, there's two sides to every story. We talk about that all the time. And it could have been some behavior that pushed the other person away. But again, we're just talking about what are the behaviors that lead towards it that we can try to um, keep strong in our own marriages or avoid so that we don't end up in a situation where somebody else looks more enticing than my own spouse. Typically, when we find out somebody's getting divorced, it's almost too late to work on it. Not always, but typically it's gone down so far. Somebody is so bitter and so angry, they're not willing to work on it. And sadly enough, um, couples have this pride issue that keeps them from reaching out to somebody until it seems to be already done. And that is the thing that we, through our mentoring program, through other things that we do, just trying to strengthen up the marriages so that they don't end up in a in a place of destitute in crisis. Yeah, it's so it's all humbling when you think about how many marriages we've gotten in, in the middle of towards the end. And some of them have saved it. But when you come in at the end, often... Often, because of infidelity, they've already, and anger, they've moved away from their spouse and gone out and found somewhere else. 
and I'm going to repeat the same mistakes in another relationship. Mm-hmm. So the number one reason for divorce was, of course, uh, cheating and infidelity. We talked a lot about how to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And again, how to avoid any of these issues. If you want to start fixing your marriage right now and moving it to a solid foundation, two things. Start praying together with your spouse. If you don't know what to pray about, start praying for your children. If you don't have children, start praying for your parents. If you don't have parents, start praying for your neighbor's marriage. But start praying together and ask each other, how do you want me to pray for you? But pray together, face-to-face. And this doesn't count as a family prayer. That doesn't count. We're talking. Which, that's a good thing, but that's family not what we're talking thing. about. We're that's talking right. about an intimate, quiet time together where you, the two of you alone before the Lord. Where there's not food involved. I mean, we're talking a real prayer time. Intentional, let's pray together. That's number one. Number two is setting aside time every day to talk. That's something that, you know, we just, you know, nobody really told us, hey, how to make a solid marriage is to pray together. But I guess your grandparents are great examples. Your parents are great examples of that. Mm-hmm. So we, I guess we learned from we that. Did, I don't think we knew what the outcome would be, but we saw that it was a good behavior and we decided to um, adopt it. Yeah, we started praying together when we dated. Yes. When we started dating, we started praying together. Mm-hmm. And it was... It's been great. So we've been praying together a lot of years. Holy smokes. Yeah, some of our listeners weren't even born when we started praying. So that's okay. We're grateful. Just learn from our example. Pray together. And I'm not saying we've got to figure it out. And some nights we prayed, and even though we were frustrated with each other still, but the cool part is it's really hard to remain frustrated with each other or angry, if you want to call it that, and pray. I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible to remain it. Because what do we have to really be mad about? Our Heavenly Father's forgiven everything. Most of the time we get mad over stuff. Silly, petty garbage. All right, so that number one reason. But again, we found that almost all of these issues here is communication, 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 communication. If you if you communicate, you can uh, eliminate a lot of these issues. So uh, number one, number two was money and financial issues causing stress. Honestly, if you want to not have money stress in your marriage, here's here's some re- ways to avoid this. Oh, I bet everybody's listening. Here's the four letter word up. right here. The four letter word. Budget. Ah, that's six letters. B-U-D-G. Yes, it is six letters. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. I'm just kidding. I knew it wasn't a four-letter word. Yeah, I did. All right, but if you want to solve money problems in your family, do a budget. Now, most, most of you go, budget, schmudget. I'm not doing a budget. That takes much work. Really? Mm. Well, go ahead and sign the divorce papers now. If that's what you want to do. If you no. want to just be a loser. No. But yes. You're going to always have that financial stress. So if you don't know what's coming in and you don't know what's going out, how can you know how to spend? Obviously, if you have way more coming in, you have going out, there's less financial stresses, you may think. But what we find is that people who have a lot more money tend to be a lot more careless with their money mm. and tend to have a lot more debt and don't really track anything. And those people also don't communicate really well. And then when they get divorced, they're broke because they spent all this money and they have nothing in savings. So, so one of the things why that budget is so important. It is. And one of the things that the this uh, little survey here um, cited was the fact that one of the reasons that money is such a stressor in marriages is not because of the lack of money or the money itself, but not being on the same page about it. And that's what a budget does. It says we're going to agree that this is how much money we're going to spend on housing or this is how much money we're going to spend on our clothing and how much money we're going to spend based on what we make, based on what we want to save, based on what we tithe, based on you know, laying out all those things because it forces you to have the conversation and say, do you really need that much dining out or do you really need that much 
And it's not you or me, it's us. And making that decision together that how we're going to spend our money. One of the things we have found with couples is that if they fail to plan, they're actually planning to fail. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to deal with the issues. A lot of people say, well, listen, I know I got money because my debit card says I still got money. (laughs) But when you have a big issue come up, like a car repair or a house repair or whatever it may be, a, a, a medical bill, you don't need money. So having a budget, you, you you take and you, if you want to eliminate stressors, spend less than you make. Never spend money you don't have. <gasps> that seems like an amazing idea. Do you realize this, listening audience, our friends that are listening today, credit cards were only held by the super duper rich all the way up to the 70s. Hmm. And it wasn't until the 80s it became widely used. And now, of course... Kids, before they even get into college, are being offered credit cards. Right. But credit cards, most people use them as if they're cash, but they're not cash. They're somebody else's cash. And if you don't pay them back the cash, then you owe them interest at exorbitant fees. So you want to set up your budget. You know, live below your means. And I'd recommend living at least 80% 80 of your net Income, net income, because your gross income out of that comes out taxes, insurance, if you're an employee somewhere and you need to pay your taxes and you need to pay for your insurance. And then the reason we say at least 80 percent live on 80 percent of what you're bringing home so that at least 10 percent is being given away and at least 10 percent is being saved. Because I believe that God can show you that 80 minus excuse me, 100 minus 10 minus 10 is still 100. That God can help you live on 100% of what you have remaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it will reduce stress. When we went through Crown Financial Ministries, we had a a ton of debt, and it was causing stress, and we were not living within our means. And it just convinced us very, very quickly, God, we prayed, Lord, help us get out of this. He provided a way for us to get out of an expensive house and buy a less expensive house. We started a car dealership, so we eliminated car payments right away. And uh, we... uh, that's not for everybody, though, by the way. Selling cars is not just for anybody. But it is. it made an amazing difference. And really, in seven years, we were out of our major debt issues. And I think one of the things I want to encourage people with is you feel like so much of life you're living in crisis. And, oh, my goodness, I need to get a new muffler on my car. Oh, my goodness, I need simply an oil change. And people treat that like it's a crisis. If you have a car... You're going to need to change the oil. And buy tires and brakes. You're going to need to buy tires, brakes. Okay, you don't like my muffler example. No, because in Florida, Not, mufflers don't I know, go bad. they don't fall off as much. In Minnesota, they were dragging all over the place. But, but the point is that normal wear and tear and things in life are not emergencies, but you need to plan for them. And so we learned that the budget is really what helps with that because you go, what is going to happen in the next year? You don't go to the dentist all the time, but you do go at least twice a year. What's that going to cost us? It's not a surprise. Right. Those things happen. Well, and and here's something to keep in mind. You know, when you get married, your spouse wasn't raised in your household. No, that's true. I just want people to think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Well, unless, again, you've lived. No, okay. Uh, Anyway, so because you weren't raised by the same parents, you've been raised to handle money differently. Mm -hmm. And because you have been trained to handle money differently, when you come together and you're sharing money, you handle it differently, which causes a conflict. That's why a course like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University or Crown Financial Ministries uh, class can help you get on the same page. That's what Martha's talking about. Because we, we come with, we have different perspectives. We do, but we want the same outcome. We want to have, um, we work 
so that we can earn a living, so that we can pay for the things that we need and be able to give to the charities that we want. And retire and someday. Someday be able to, whatever that future may be, but um, be able to have a plan. And it, like you said, if you don't plan to fail, you fail. If you don't if you fail, fail to plan, yes, that's then it. you plan to fail. And that is not where we want to find ourselves because a lot of times that's the stress that then leads to, I want to look somewhere else that leads to adultery or whatever it is that you can no longer, you, you decide you want to give up. Well, let's say one, one thing we've seen in married couples is they will, they'll say, well, my spouse overspent over here. So to get them back, I'm going to overspend over here. Like that, that is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Okay. So one of you is wrong. So both of you being wrong, that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. No. So, but usually one person's a spender, one person's a saver in a marriage. And sometimes it goes radical on both sides. But you got to get on the same page, and you need to do this early on. If you never got premarital counseling, it's time to get postmarital counseling, not post-marriage, but post-marriage date when you got married date counseling. Because we need to all be on the same page, and money is one of those key issues. Well, and that's one of the elements we deal with in our marriage mentoring is we talk about the, where they have conflicted in money and looking at that together. All right, let's talk about one that seems fairly obvious to us, but in the last few seconds before our break. Alcohol and drug issues, mm. you know, and abuse issues, because those things often go hand in hand. Listen, I don't, if you're listening to my show, I'm guessing you're probably not an alcohol user or a drug user, or, or you're not an alcohol abuser or a drug user or a physical abuser of your spouse, but those things obviously are all related often, uh, and anger issues can be tied in there. But let me just tell you this if you're, if you're using drugs and you're using alcohol, you know, there's nothing in the Bible says that we can't drink. But I'll tell you this, that when you eliminate drinking in your marriage, there's no problem. There's no chance that it's ever going to cause a problem in your marriage. So, and here's what we're focusing on. The top 10 reasons for divorce, but we've come to the conclusion that the number one reason is communication and a lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And it leads to a lot of other things. We've talked about infidelity. We've talked about money and really the solution to the, the communication breakdown, talk to each other. And texting is not talking. Texting is not talking. Texting is not talking. Well, texting is not te- talking. Texting your spouse in your own home. No, but for crying out loud, <laughs> you, if there's young people listening today, understand. Texting is communication, but it is not talking. <sighs> Do you feel better now? No, because people think that that's <laughs> real. Okay, we're okay. running out of time. All right, so. So um, we were talking about you, uh, the uh, use of alcohol and drugs, and I just wanted to say something quick because a couple weeks ago you had Dimas Liberios on the on say. the radio program, and he talked about his book Street God, and he had been involved in the drug world for years. And the thing that uh, I've been reading his book that's come clear to me is that all sense of logic is gone in the drug world, and so th- I think that's the bottom line here is that you lose a sense of what how God really created you to think when you're allowing those substances to influence your life. And, so and the, Nancy Reagan, she was right. Just, just say, no. say no, but even so on the, on the alcohol side, the reason God said, avoid drunkenness. Don't get drunk is because drunkenness eliminates inhibitions. Like the young lady who videotaped herself driving drunk on Periscope this past week. And she posted it. Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Listen, We've had a great conversation today, Martha, just talking about ways to avoid divorce and and really just goes down to start praying with your spouse and start communicating. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you got a challenge out of this today. Thanks so much to our joint engineers as we put this in together, Jose Cruz and Ace Andrews. Thanks to our show sponsors, MostINS.com, BelairWealthManagement.com. 
as well as servicesbytrust.com and crown.edu forward slash radio. Hey, when you get home tonight, would you please go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on Join the I Work For Him Nation. We want you to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's going to impact your workplace, just like we'd like you to start praying with your spouse every day. What did you learn today that's going to help you learn how to take the city for Christ? What did you learn? Now, we learned today that our relationships impact our faith. And if you've got something going on at home in a relationship that's really dragging you down, what are you doing about it? Are you going to sit there and just hope that by avoiding it, it will solve its problems? No, we gave you positive ways to start making changes. And if you're married today and you're listening to the show, we encourage you just stop the stupid and start praying with your spouse tonight and set aside time to start talking with each other. It makes a monstrous difference. Find a church that will give you some marriage mentoring. or If if your hurts are deeper, get some counseling. But every marriage is savable. Every marriage is savable, but only if you work on it. They won't just miraculously fix themselves. We need to do it, but Christ, in Christ, everything is here to be restored. That's why he came. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him. him.